interesting folks, and a hearty welcome to our drive-in theater. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you, one that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation and diversion for you and your family. Did you fail to dress up for tonight's show? No tie, an old shirt and slacks, a house dress? Well, don't give it a thought. We're glad you came as you are. We just want you to enjoy yourselves. Don't forget to visit our refreshment center during the intermission or any time. You love the tasty array of snacks we have to offer. So will the youngsters. Everything is quality and mm, so good. We hope you'll make this a weekly visit. Bring the family. Bring your friends. There are always wonderful new pictures to see, delightful snacks to nibble, a gay, pleasant evening for all. Oh, a word of caution. Don't drive over 10 miles an hour in the theater area for your safety's sake. And mom or pop, go with the kids when they leave the car. We hope you have a wonderful time. Come back soon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next era of KSDAD Radio and the Starlight Drive-In. Tonight is going to be adult art film night. Because if we don't do it once a year, Carl gets on the ground and starts rolling around and crying. And uh, <laughs> after the scene he caused, caused last year, which embarrassed a lot of parents and kids, we gotta let him. We gotta let him go. Oh, thank you, Stephen. I'm so happy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But we're going to do the trailers because uh, the movie is well. The the trailers are thirty, and the movie is going to be one hour and forty four minutes. So it'll run a little bit into overtime. Yeah. And I know people won't be listening to this tonight because it's the season premiere of Briggs. Yep. So we're at Classic Car Case Movie Trailer. Yeah. On Movie Trailer Madness. Yeah. And And you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I am definitely ready. And here we go in five, four, three, two, one. Push play now. Done. The biggest mistake with this case, they're going to show right here in about three seconds. Three. There it is. They got like professional grade seat. The best this is thing 1968. About, yeah. This is considered one of the first of the big car chase movies. But the best thing about this chase scene is the shot-by-shot parody that they do in the Deadpool, the last Dirty Harry movie. Dead, uh, yeah, the dead, Deadpool. Yeah. And it is hilarious, uh... Hey, it's Solo. Yep, Robert Pond. I'm in Oakland. Yeah. And a crew cut, god damn. Norman Fell. He was one of those that around this time you'd always see him as the police chief. Yeah. 
or you know, a police, you know, detective or something. Yeah. What's funny is uh, they were going to do sequels to this, but they decided to move on to the, can you guess? Uh, Dirty Harry? Harper series. It didn't really work too well. I know. Macintosh Man, you know, they tried, but it didn't work. It was Harper and uh, the Drowning Pool. Right. And the Macintosh Man, too. There were three of them. Yeah. The thing with this is Bullet came out, then the Italians are like, you call that pussy-ass shit the car chase? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Seriously? Watch what we can do. Yeah. I'm sorry, but in the end, when it comes to the 70s police movies, the Italians did it a lot better than we did. Well, you know, it's because of you I, I got to know the policias. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, you're absolutely right. Oh, Jack, let me say, that's who that is. Okay. Yeah. One of her, her first roles. What's next? I only seen... Uh, we don't know what's next. Yeah. Oh, it's the Italian job. Oh, yeah. A movie that led to a math problem that wasn't solved. Was it around two, that 200 or 01? That Something they like that, yeah. Finally, yeah, the they finally... The, uh, uh, remake. Well, no, after the remake come out. Because there was a newspaper that ran a contest and they paid off that they figured they wanted you to figure out how could they have uh, escaped from the situation they were at the end of the movie. Right. Fun film. This is a a really good caper film. And whose only movie role is in this one? After this, the person I'm talking about went straight to TV and even kicked his ass for about a decade in the 80s. Let's see if they show him. Okay. No Coward. I forgot No Coward was in this. Yeah. Benny Hill. Yeah, Benny Hill. This was I, this was the only movie that he was ever in. Uh, no, that's not true. He was in the mouth that roared. Oh. Now, now it's a small role, but he was in the mouth that roared. Absolutely. Yeah. But he was making so much. He ended up making so much money off this TV show. Oh hell yeah. If and anyone yes, remembers I'm, Benny Hill, it's because yeah. of uh, that and Yakety Tax, yeah. I mean, really, if you got to think about it, I'm not joking. More people were watching the Benny Hill show on Saturday nights in the 80s. Than Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live. 
Oh, yeah. You're absolutely right about that. That was a hell of a Saturday night. First, you'd go to PBS and watch uh, one hour of uh, Monty Monty Pisces Flying Circus. And then one more. And then after that, at 11, was about two hours of the Benny Hill Show. Uh, oh, you're cool. a little bit okay, ahead yeah. of me. Oh, duel. Whatever happened to this guy? He became... He started making badass horror films. Are you talking about the actor or the director? The director. Steven Spielberg <laughs> made some badass action and horror films. And once he went full Hollywood, he put out nothing, pretty much nothing but crap. And Dennis <laughs> Weaver in this, God dang. Oh, yeah. This is basically Dennis Weaver's movie. Because I can't remember oh, yeah. any other actors in it but him. And you never get to see the trucker that's going after him. Nope. You never do. Ah, uh, here you go. Here's yours. Yeah. Uh, three uh, car chase movies for you. Yeah. Well. What I like about it is one, Cleavon Little, and yep. two, they didn't make Kowalski into a hero. They made him into a schmuck and a loser. Yep. And if you get to see the complete European cut, the scene's in there, and it's not in the U.S. cut. Now, right before this movie, he had finished a film with uh, Fury called uh, The Lawyer, which was the basis for his TV series, Better Tell It. Yeah. Which he came in after this. That is a great trailer, too. Oh, yeah. That's a fantastic trailer. But, yeah, Cleavon Little is super soul. Why didn't they put Brother on it? That's his full name in the movie. Yeah. Delaney and Bonnie, too. Uh, that The music is fucking great, by the way. Music is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. One of the best soundtracks. Have you got to, have you got to see... Uh, no, I have not. I've not seen the uncut. I've not seen the European cut. I've only There's seen the American. There's a woman that shows up and basically says she's death, and she says she loves he that death is in love with Kowalski because he's because unlike most, he's racing to racing to death instead of running from it. Yep. And if you want to see how to ruin an ending, watch the TV remake with uh, Vigo Mortensen of this. Okay, Holy this, is, crap. this is Italian. Which one is this? Italian, my ass. This is South Carolinian. Oh, oh shit. That's, yeah, filmed this, out, okay. yeah, filmed out in the, uh, L.A. 
And the reason that uh, he does this is that he was a junk man, and he had a junkyard filled with cars in his own car collection. So he could do anything he wanted to to any car he wanted to. Yep. Well, there was that little man. Yeah, he got very lucky because he actually did hit uh, light post. By far, the best car chase movie ever made. Period. Not even close. I mean, look at this. He lands a car and you get to see the whole bottom of the car to go, fuck it. There's no other way to put it. I mean, he lands it in the whole bottom of that car and goes, goes Okay, this it. is one of your favorite trailers, by the way. <laughs> but it's okay. It's fun. No. Eat my... Yeah. Because he actually did this stunt for real. This is yeah. not the this is not the good trailer for it. The good trailer shows him sitting in that chair throughout the whole trailer while those cars are buzzing around him. Right. Uh what happened is Ron Howard wanted to direct and uh Corman wanted to the- star. So they made a deal. He directed. Yeah. And, 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 and get his first direction. And he did a hell of a job with it. Whatever happened to Clint Howard's brother? I, I don't know. Didn't he become a director, maybe? Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, the way he directed the stunts on this. You know, they they were did this one come first or eat my dust come first? Uh, GT, uh, Grand Theft Auto, and then eat my dust. Oh, and then okay. and, Roll, and then Hollywood Boulevard, and then Rock and Roll High School. Yeah, yeah, but that's not Ron Howard. Neither one of those are Ron. No, Howard. it. Yeah, uh, yeah, but who's in the helicopter? Oh, oh, okay, him, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Rock and Roll High School too. Yeah, that's how I said that. And and, and uh, Death Race two thousand. He's in Death Race two thousand. Yeah. He was like the DJ in LA. Yep. Uh, I'll be able oh, to God. tell you in a second because I'm about three seconds behind you because they put commercials. Oh, this is a good one. The car. No, no, this is a piece of crap. Do no, not it's like a good this movie. One. Never it's, did. You know what the funny part is? What? Throughout this whole movie, with stunts, they did their goddamnedest to destroy, the, to have the car destroyed. And, you know, it's supposed to destroy and come back again. Yep. But no matter what they did, 
that car was literally made of steel and could not be destroyed. That's why it, you it just have doesn't that work crappy for me. This one never worked for me. I'm that's sorry. why you have that crappy explosion at the end of it rather than seeing the Got car. It. Because they could not I mean, you know that scene where it rolls over fifty times in the road and it's supposed to be destroyed? Yep. They didn't do shit. All they had to do was get the door fixed. I'm not saying it's a great movie, I'm just saying it's a fun little movie. See right there, they're doing their damnedest to destroy it with stunts. Yeah. And right here is a great stunt, screw you, Carl. Okay. Here we go. Hey, what movie is this? Part where that car went straight through the window. Oh, God, no. Oh, God, no. This is the one I use in the definition of car porn. The one, the only, often, often uh, duplicated, but yeah. If I had a choice between screwing any pots as as the way she looked back then, or the Corvette, that would not be a hard choice. Not at all. I'd be, I'd be on any parts in a second. I don't even consider this a car chase movie. No, it's just... This is a, but it is the idea. But it, yeah, but it is the definition of car porn. No, that I agree with, but it's not car chase. Not really. Yeah. No, there's not that many chases because... Uh, he really don't catch up with a car until the end of the movie. Right. Yeah, Mark Hamill, I don't know why he chose this movie. I really don't understand that. Yeah, it was bad luck. Uh, Mark Hamill got Corvette Summer, and... Uh, Harrison Ford, Ford got, got the... Yeah, I got Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yep. And Carrie Fisher got cocaine. Lots of it. If you next time you all watch uh, Empire Strikes Back, look at Carrie Fisher's right hand. You will see what we called back then. She had a cocaine fingernail. Yep. A fiberglass romance. Yeah, right. Whatever. Not a good movie, guys. This, yeah, this ain't no the car where they tried to crash a 30s car made of solid steel. Let's see. Oh, God, another fucking ad. No, don't worry. I'm already back. I'm just that there. I could probably tell you these because, you know, I have a fetish for uh, fetish for car films. Well, this is Burt Reynolds. 
Oh, the Cannonball Run. Who was this supposed to be a starring vehicle for? I'm not sure. I always thought it was for Reynolds. No. Okay. Just look at the cast and see if you can guess who this was supposed to be their American breakout film. Oh. Just look. Oh, oh. Uh, Hal Needham or Evil, Evil Knievel? No. You'll see. Nah. <laughs> uh, no, I have no idea. Just tell me. They haven't shown them yet. Dean Martin? And what movie was this a sequel to? Uh, what, what's the name of the David Carradine one? No, Gumball Rally. Gumball Rally. Oh, okay. Yeah, Death Race. Yeah, wait. Yeah, you're right. It was Cannonball, Gumball Rally, then Cannonball Run. Right. Where is he? Seven children. Is that Jackie Chan? See? Yeah, Jackie Chan. This was supposed to be his. American Breakout Movie. Not a big fan. I I don't know. Oh, it's it's, not that good. If you're going to look at the best of his... Er, 80 U.S. breakout films. Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> yeah, Terry Bradshaw, uh, Jamie Farr, uh, Mel Tillis, Adrian Barbeau. Producer Raymond Chow. Yeah, that's why he did it, basically to do a star power thing to get Jackie Chan over. Okay, well, again, not a, this one here, I don't know where you are, but I meant the next one. Uh, not my favorite. People love this movie. I'm not saying it's bad, but it ain't the cartoon. Well, we'll probably agreed. It ain't the cartoon. Oh, God, I hate this, this movie. movie. I I I I could use the mu the musical scenes in this movie is worth keeping. Absolutely. The music is absolutely fantastic. The rest of it. Yeah, this was the last thing that uh, Cab Calloway did before he died. Absolutely, and and of course you got that whole crew of Doc Dunn and. And Steve Cropper and everyone. I don't the know why everyone loves it so much. James Brown is a priest. There's just something not right about that. But Aretha Franklin. I mean, the music's just fucking great, man. Lulu Marini. And it actually, you know, when it comes to the music, 
Ackroyd and and and, and uh, Belushi aren't bad. Uh, not Ackroyd. Belushi was the blues guy. Ackroyd just yeah. followed Belushi wherever the hell he wanted to. Yeah. But they're good together in this. But man, I think the script is stupid. I think the script is absolutely fucking dumb. It's not as bad as Blues Brothers 2000. No, not at all. Oh, I forgot that Ray Charles is in this. Well, then again, I've never really cared for this movie. It just seems like it was, uh, the whole idea was white boys playing black. Yeah. And if you really want to see that that movie, go see The Commitments. Yeah, but The Commitments is based on a true story. I know, but it's still white guys playing black guys' music. Of course, they're Irish, but that's, that's a great film. This has great musical moments. Rubber Biscuit. Yep. And great old songs, too. They're all old songs. Rubber Biscuit was uh, released in 57 by the Tips. Oh, God, Cab Calloway. Love him. That movie is not as good as it could have been. Yeah, I agree. Three, two, one, skip up. I don't understand why people love this so much. And Paramount tried to say this movie had the most car crashes in any movie ever. And uh, H.B. Halaki said, I don't think so, motherfucker. <laughs> exactly. But still, uh, hopefully they will show it, but there is a movie with the best car crash. Oh, God, yeah. I can remember someone was like, does anyone know any good car crashes? I just looked at him and said, have you ever seen the 7-Ups? And he's like, no. I'm like, oh, now go get the scene off YouTube. You don't talk about someone oh, floating here you go. in the floor. Here you go. You mm. even got me the uh, uh, the umbrella uh, uh, Blu-ray of it. Oh, yeah. If it's what I think it is, it, it don't is. count. Why don't oh, I count? no. Yeah, road games. Of all the guys that come from Australia from the 80s, the most underrated it's is Franklin. definitely Richard Franklin. And there's my man who plays the killer. He was the star of Stunt Rock, Grant Page. Yep. I love this shot right here. 
there, there's a lot. There, you know, Franklin was, was definitely underrated. He's a psycho, too, which is damn good, by the way. Yeah, better than it has any right to be. And I know that your jaw dropped when you first watched this. You're like, holy crap. Oh, yeah. It's a damn good film. Again, I can see where they would put it in a car chase movie, but to me it's a thriller. Much more thriller. Yeah, it's definitely a thriller. But in a way, it does count because the entire movie takes place on the road. There's not too much yeah. stop in that right there. Next movie, because I got something to say about it, but I want to wait until you're there. Okay. You'll know exactly what it is when you see it. Okay, I'm there. Okay, so the old guy that sells in the car is fucking Robert's Blossom. Yeah. And this I do not call a car case movie. It's a horror movie. Yeah, but it has one of the most, it has one of the greatest cars ever. Oh, I'm not saying it's not a great car. I'm not this saying is definitely that. I'm a saying car this is not a car chase movie. But this movie counts in my book because it has the best goddamn version of Harlem Noxter. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. And it really wasn't one of Stephen King's best books. No. And Keith Gordon, who was in a couple of films, but then turned out to be one hell of a film director. Who? Oh, the star. Yeah, Keith Gordon. Well, pretty much he did uh, uh, Christine, and then he... He did you know that too. thing about Stuntman? What yeah. they said, they looked at there and said, I want to do that. That's how mm-hmm. he felt watching. Uh, Carpenter direct it. Carpenter direct it. Yep. Oh, and it has your guy in it, too. Oh, yeah. Harold Dean Stanton. And Robert's Blossom. It's got a great cast. It yeah, doesn't it's just exactly... too bad. The... Go ahead. It's just too bad it's not as good as it could have been. Yeah, it just it, it, it just loses a little something. I, I don't know. I mean, it's not a bad film by any means. Yeah. But there you go. We're done. That's it. And plus, it nope. has the start of. This is the movie that came out of Bad to the Bone. Yeah. George Thorogood, man. Great. And too. the car crash that they left out here, I would have cut out. Uh, uh, the Blues Brothers, and as much as I love it, Road Game. 
and put in the 7-Up and one of Carl's favorite, which is the one and only to live and die in L.A. And uh, also... uh, I'm surprised that the French Connection isn't on there either. Yeah, the French... Well, the French Connection's on another one, 70s action film, but there's the French Connection... uh, Seven Ups. Seven Ups. uh, And, of course, To Live and Die in L.A. And I would... You know, we talked about this before offline, but I would put in The Burglars, but nobody knows that movie except me, so, you know, understood. Okay, I gotta find it. there. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to find it. And uh, what was that one that uh, had? That was uh, Frankenheimer's last film. Ronin. Yeah, that one was a great one. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, I'm at start watching. Where are you? Okay, I'm at zero, zero, zero. Okay. I'm there. And this is Paul Schrader's The Comfort of Strangers. Son and novel and script written by Harold Pinter. So this movie has some pedigree just on the get-go. Absolutely. And And the cast and everybody. Warning, this is a very kinky and dirty, naughty little movie. So so keep your uh, kids away. And plus, beware, because when a certain actress appears on screen, we're going to have someone get all pervy on us. Well, well, personally, I I, I may just, like, need a drool bucket, okay? I'm just saying. Yeah. And here we go in five, four, three, two, oh, wait. Warning, if you haven't seen this movie before and you're not watching it with me like Carl, do not listen to this first. I'm underlining it about 20 times. Do not listen to this first. Because major spoilers abound. And I've kept okay. a lot of secrets from Carl, too, haven't I, Carl? Yes, you have. I'm okay, looking forward and now, to this. Yeah, and now, five, four, three, two, one, go. Go. Criterion. Yeah, the circle of doom. <laughs> Listen, great, great channel. Great releasing company. Great director. Oh, absolutely. The one and only you know, uh, Paul Sh- Schrader. Yep. Paul Schrader is one of my favorite directors. And, and, and people don't think of him as a director as much as a writer. Of course, he wrote uh, um, Mean Streets and numerous films. Uh, and we love him. But his, he's a really good director, too. Damn good director. 
I mean, listen to that. It has, see, now do you see why I say dreamlike, uh, oh, yeah. it's like, uh, the dreamlike, uh, Venice that's in, in, uh, don't look now. See, Rupert Everett, uh, Christopher Walken. Natasha Richardson. Natasha Richardson, someone who died too young. Yep. And, of course, Carl's one and only. Ellen Mirren. And, yeah. I mean, look how yeah, gorgeous this is. How gorgeous is this just from the get-go? I mean, look oh, at that. Oh, God. Absolutely. Yeah, Carl would be like, Steve, let's go to the movie. I'm like, no, I'm looking around this place. In Italy, no question. I mean, he's using yeah. the Italian crew. See, Fabrizio Castellani. Castellani. Angelo Baldamenti. Love see. his music. Love his, his scores. It's going to be weird. I said this to uh, Tracy, my beloved, last night. It's going to be weird watching the next big uh, David Lynch project because there will be no uh, Angelo Baldamente score. Yeah. Chris, I remember his work from from uh, Carrie. Yeah. Uh, no, that was Pino Daggio. Oh, that was Pino Daggio. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I got screwed oh, up there. Look at that band. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Oh, God. Ian McEwen. 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 Yeah, oh, God. Oh, man, I would love that that, that record player. Holy shit. Who that? I love that, just that place. On them couch cushions. Oh, wow. Oh, and look who the first full character in the movie is. Well, I'm not sure which one that is yet. I'll know oh, when they get to me your You face. ought to recognize that hairdo. Yeah, I do, but it's, you know, hairdos are hairdos. Yeah, I, but that, look at that it. hairdo. It's, uh, the woman is famous for that hairdo. But look at that. Yeah. Gorgeous. Like, don't look now. You fall in love with Venice. And in the book, it's an undescribed city, you know. Right. But Schrader decided to put it in Venice. Here's Rupert Everett. Yeah. How come he never did good over here when he was just knocking it out of the park in the 90s? Well, let me put it this way. He's a wonder. He, over here, he's considered a, a great character actor. You know, I mean, we're talking Cemetery Man, of course. 
Let's not forget Dark City. My friend's um, be- my best friend's wedding. Yeah. And there's Natasha Richardson. Right. There she is. God, look at those. Okay, I can hear hear your hear your uh, feedback on on the uh, dialogue. Getting the feeling they're unhappily married, or they're not. Yeah. Oh. They're not exactly ah. thrilled Oh God! Look at that. Oh my God. I wonder how many people actually went to Venice looking for the Venice of Paul Schrader's movies and were highly disappointed. Yeah. Uh, I said films. Yeah. Now, this is a film I I didn't really even know he directed. I I take it this is one of those films that that just didn't... uh, Hit the mainstream. Shell filler. And I don't mean that as an insult. The company no. that bought it, Scorus Films, went under. Remember, they was a big indie company for a moment, like A21 right. is. And then... Now the tubes. There's another hint, another loving throwback to Don't Look Now. Did you catch it? Yeah, I did. Oh, there he is. Yeah, I thought so. No, anything in in, in uh, close up yet? It will, I'm sure. Yeah, that's what I love about Paul Schrader's ooh, horror type movies is that. He likes doing them as jigsaw puzzles where he doesn't give you any of the pieces. It's certainly not in the row. You have to pull yourself together. Now, just to give our, our, our viewers a little bit of background, Paul Schrader was a screenwriter and did uh, Taxi Driver and Mean Streets. Also, one of our favorite films, Rolling Thunder, yeah, uh, and Mishima. And Mishima. Well, he directed that. I'm going just with the things that he he uh, he wrote yeah. first before he directed. 
Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot. Leonard was the one who drove, uh, who wrote Mishima. Right. But, but then, then, of course, he became a director. Uh, if you had a favorite uh, film that he directed, what would you say? Uh, this one. Okay. My, my personal favorite of his is Like Sleeper. I love Like Sleeper. Yeah. But, I, I mean, caught yeah. this on uh, Playboy Channel. Okay. Back when they actually showed... Movies. Yeah, art, you know, adult movies. Right. Like, that was that night I uh, turned in to look for uh, two, it was like, two band, two band adult classics from the 70s. And it was a performance and uh, uh, Polanski's Macbeth. Oh, man. Great film, Polanski's Macbeth. Yeah. How do you love how the color just popped? Yep. In this, is this supposed to be art? Still photography, too. There's something that just happened that you didn't think about. No. Angles, my dear boy. Well, we'll get to that. No. The camera of the two women that took the picture of him was pacing front. Mm-hmm. That picture was oh. a side view. Got it. You no, don't I get into that hairdo as much as you love that woman? Yeah. That was yeah, her iconic talent. hairdo. Yeah. Well, there's a number of hairdos that she's rocked over the years that are iconic. Now, now, if we're talking Helen Mirren, I've got to say, the first time I ever ran across her is in one of my favorite films of the 70s. And that's a lucky man. And she was oh, just And Caligula. Well, Caligula is 1980. But but I first saw her in, in No Lucky Man and fell in yeah. love with her there. I hate it when you have those dances with someone and you're trying to uh, find, find out whether or not they want. Yeah, find out certain answer and they're just dancing around it. Yep. Hey, we could say that about Schrader's movies, too. Absolutely. There's just so much visually going on that you're just wondering what is your eye attracted to at that moment. 
Mm-hmm. And are you missing something that you should see or, you know? Well, well, I'm sure you are missing things because that's the way it's designed. You don't understand how excited I was when Criterion announced that they were uh, putting this out. Well, again, I don't know the film, and and, and and I'll be very honest, I'd never even heard of it. And I'm a Schrader fan. I'm surprised. And it's got Helen Mirren. You would think I would jump all over this. And walking. Yeah. I'm really warm toward each other. No. You know how it is, the couples, uh, the quote, the righteous brothers, they've lost that love and feeling. Uh, And they're on the search to try to find it. mm -hmm. By the way, I I might ban you from singing from now on. Good God. (laughs) No, you go ahead and sing all you want. Ooh, glass. Someone's blowing glass. I was always mesmerized when they had this at uh, uh, Dollywood when it first was Silver Dollar City. Mm -hmm. They had a glass blowing place with a RT. Oh. He just seems sad about something. Yes. You know, and of course, that's that, that's a big thing with uh, I Don't Look Now, too, because they're sad yeah. about the death of their daughter. Oh. Now, Natasha, Natasha Richardson was married to who? Oh, no, who? Liam Neeson, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she died very young, and he was really broken up about it. In separate beds. That tells you yeah, something. Yeah, you too. can't even sneak into it. Yeah. Uh, what was that? Some of the worst goddamn directions I've ever fucking heard. Yeah. So he is definitely taking his time. This is not, this is a mood piece, no question. Yeah, and uh, 
other two characters haven't even really shown up yet. Nope. They well, have they not. have, but they are what they're, they're yeah, what what it is or what's going on. You have no clue. Now this is some Lisa and the Devil shit. Oh, that's a nice <laughs> shot. That's a great shot down that hallway. I'm talking about you know. Uh, lost. Yep. Doesn't it look like the same bridge from uh, Don't Look Now? Could be. Could easily be. either. Well, it was until they uh... Yeah, but it's like going down the rabbit hole. They're going down the rabbit hole. Yeah, and uh, where's the, that was another end joke to Don't Look Now. A-R-R-A-R-E-D. Oh, look at those two posters back there. Yep, I see them. (laughs) Infected, rapist, castrated. Yikes. Don't worry, you be safe. Oh, absolutely. Well, I would add in addendum to castrate capers, but that's just me. Especially if their first name is Carl. (laughs) Well, you see, I've never done anything like that, so. Well, well, no, I'll just do it for bunkum and then flip a coin to see if it's going to be chemical or we just going to get out of meat cleaver. (laughs) And Ah, there he is who else was introduced like that, offering help? Oh, hundreds of people, but I don't know who you're referencing. Kelly Savalas in. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Lisa and the Devil. Nice. But when this movie came out, Lisa and the Devil was not even released yet. So, a lot of these references is for films that didn't get released here until the Laserdisc and uh, DVD era. So, a lot of it would be... 
This is you know, basically right at the beginning of the DVD era, right? 1990-91. Yeah, but they didn't become consumer consumables until 1998-1999. Well, no, no, it was before then. It had to be. Yeah, remember the first VCR came out in 1971, but it was about $1,000. When I say consumable, I I mean... Yeah. Well, no DVDs did not come out to about 96, 97 because we had... uh, VCDs, uh, laser discs, spectra discs. Right. Okay. I, yeah, that's true. Oh, look! There's some more of that color again. Yep. Would you trust Christopher Walken in a white, even though he's gone now? Would you trust Christopher Walken offering you help in a white suit? No. <laughs> I would I would not. Ooh, look out. Gay bar, gay bar alert. Interesting. Because, look, how many uh, women are in the bar besides Natasha Henstridge? None. Pay attention to this. I'm I'm sorry I'm not saying that much. Yeah, this is your first time. is a general rule. We love him dearly. But how many normal roles has he played? A normal human being. Yeah. Not too many. Hey, listen. Go ahead. He's telling that story again. Oh, yeah. He's not now. He's first letting you really know, if you didn't know this before, that this is a gay bar. Yeah. Oh, another Lisa and the Devil reference with a little gayness. Yeah, saw that.
I'm sorry, but look at the look on Walken's face. He's enjoying this monologue. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, if you heard this story, I would, like, walk the fuck out. Sorry, folks. I'm, we're just, I'm just devouring this monologue. <laughs> yeah, that's a hell of a monologue, man. And it's not over yet. No. And he just, like, this is nothing for him to say I mean, seriously. Yeah. This is, this is weird. And plus, he just admitted that him and uh, Helen Mirren are perverts. Yep. Well, this did come out after uh, uh, after uh, 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 Caligula, so we already knew Helen was... Yeah, but you know what I mean, the character. I know exactly what you mean. Like, I never did know that they were... Uh... Isn't it funny, after that story, she's... Isn't it funny that an actor who, well, it came out in the 90s that he actually was gay was in a scene where he's just, yeah, where he's just looking around that gay bar. Mm -hmm. Now you know, I mean, when that came out, they were trying to just, you know, they thought it would destroy his career, and it didn't. It might have hurt it here in the U.S. a little bit, but... Why? He was in his career, Rupert Effort, when it came out that he was gay. No, them changing the title of uh, De La Morte, De La Morte is pretty much what ruined his fucking career. No, he's still, he's still doing great work, man. Yeah, but, he's but not you a know what I mean. Anymore. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. There's the girl with the ball. Yep, there she is. Remember the end Looking of uh, Lisa? Remember 
in the least in the devil. Mm-hmm. And of course, kill baby kill. Yep. And uh, Toby, damn it. Yep. Uh, BBC work right now. Robert, I've heard. Yeah. He also was in in one of the Black Mirror episodes. That's the last time I saw him. Stardust. He uh, he was in Stardust. I like that movie. Shrek the Third. Uh, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. All the Shrek movies. Of course, the importance of being earnest. Oh, God, he was an inspector gadget. God help us. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I have the same time I married. Mm-hmm. He knows a little bit too much about him, doesn't he? Yeah. Helen Mirren, yes. Damn it. No, I love... And we've watched uh, DVD. Hold on, forty minutes already. Yeah. For a movie that's such slow paced, it's very fast moving. Don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's certainly keeping your attention. I'm. Not, it's very leisurely paced. It is not paced. Keeps your attention. I mean that that whole scene monologue was was you can't with Vulcan you couldn't keep your eyes away from that. Yeah, I mean really, he's told it like twice so far. Yeah. We just don't know who the hell the other two he told it to was, or was right. he just memorizing? Yeah, that too. That's where you go to find something that you've lost. Mm-hmm. Then silences and, you know, I mean, this is very, very deliberate. Incredibly deliberate. It's like there's something he wants to say, but he can't say it. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. I got like a big old uh, uh, tumbler of uh oh, water. Yep. They don't want to be noticed by him. I don't blame them.
shit. Yeah. Listen to his accent in this thing. Yeah, okay. Well, I don't have have it up. I'm I'm dealing with uh, subtitles, so it doesn't bleed. Oh, you missed the portion. He has an accent mm-hmm. like this in this scene. <laughs> no, seriously, he changed his accent from uh, English to Italian. Mm-hmm. And you notice the music is Indian? Yes, I did notice that. Interesting. What a look. There's a duck. Yep. Oh. Notice it's getting darker and darker and and, and more smeared in in, in what they're seeing and what they're looking at. Yeah. Again, it's the whole thing about going down the rabbit hole. You know, it gets darker and darker and darker. What we are looking at. That's the exact yeah. same place that was in our credits. Uh-huh. Except that the wall is uh, decayed. Right. Ooh, it is. That's the, that's the first nudity we've seen in the whole movie. If you haven't noticed the paintings. Well, well, the paintings, I don't, I consider that art. That's not... Nudity are, are the same thing. They say they're not married, but look on her finger. Yeah. She is an attractive lady, Natasha Richardson, no question. Yeah. To quote Liam Neeson, when he uh, first met her and they started dating, he said, I am the lo- I was the luckiest son of a bitch in the world. Oh, yeah, and I can see that. Look, they got it for uh, the straights on the right. Mm-hmm. And the gaze on the left. Something for everybody. And do you recognize how he's laying in that uh, way the sheet's laying? Yep. I do see that. What is that? From What painting is that from? Kane carries it. When he first woke up, it was Cain carrying his brother. Abel. Abel, yeah. He lives and dies by that. Hey, not. He almost did a full frontal there. Yeah, almost, not quite. 
Well, you can tell where this movie is focused, and it's not on her. Nope. Now there, there you get you get the back shot. I think she's enjoying the view a little bit too much. Oh, yeah. We still haven't seen Helen Mirren, damn it. Look, what kind of uh, gown does he have on? Not sure what you call it. That's Iman, a a Muslim piece of clothing. Okay. Arabic. Say it. Or, uh, yeah, Arabic piece of clothing. There. Girl be smooching on. Uh, uh. What? <laughs> A girl be smooching on your chest and wanting to smooch on lower, and you're like, here, put this on. Come here, you stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, Especially really. that. You know what I mean? No, I know exactly what you mean. Well, no, well, not probably not for you as much me. Right there is, yeah. I would take Natasha Henstridge because I'm just afraid that I'll hear a knock on my door and I'll open it and Liam Neeson will beat the shit out of me on principle. Absolutely. No, no, I, I, I'm going for Helen. There's no doubt. I know. Oh God! Look at that room. Oh yeah. I want the dis. I want the disco ball. Personally, I want Helen Mirren, and you can keep everything else. Now, Helen at this point had no problem with nudity at all. None. You want to tell that story about Caligula? Oh, you mean the one where uh, uh, Malcolm seen uh, Helen eating pussy for real and he's like... (laughs) That was the greatest sight I had ever seen in my life. <laughs> they kept in touch. And they did a lot yeah. of work together before Caligula. Have you Both just times. get what he just said about them? No. No. I I, I mean I'm I I'm, mean I'm trying sideways. To it's the dialogue that told you, not how they said it. Yeah. Is that they are bisexual? Oh yeah. Because you remember, oh Robert, he's very pretty, isn't he? Yeah. So 
I didn't have my gut when I was 20, I'd take that role just so I could walk through there with a towel like, dum, dum, dum. <laughs> you'd see me working yeah. my ass out before the movie. Look at this. can tell they have some S&M shit going on, too. Yeah. She got a dirty mind. Yeah, she does. And Natasha Henstridge is just going over her character's head. Uh-huh. See? Just me in this is what in this material attracted Schrader. Schrader generally has a point, uh, and it's generally emasculation uh, or, or men who are at a crossroads. Now I can see that here, but this just doesn't seem to be what we expect from, from Schrader. Actually, if you know a little about his personal history, it does. Because uh, of his domineering father and mother who were, uh, what's that religion, oh, yeah. Carl? Calvinism. That was... Calvinism. But I'm not yeah. seeing much of that here except for that one, you can attach it to that one uh, uh, monologue that... Uh, um, Walken does, but that's more about his sisters than anything. Right. But don't forget the other cook in the stew, too, who we really haven't talked about. Okay. Pinter. Right. And this is definitely Pinter territory. Oh, yeah, this is definitely Pinter territory. There's no doubt about that. One of his best movies made from his scripts comes out later this year from Criterion. Which one is that? The Servant. Oh, yes. And uh, he's obsessed with his father. Mm Mm-hmm. 
his hair and stood it more up and be like Londo Calrissian from Babylon 5, for God's sake. Yeah. But ha- see, there's your deem- emasculation right there. Yeah, exactly. They were men who liked being men. Aren't you even confused, like, where the fuck did that come from? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> what the fuck? And he gave him the walking wing. Walking wing. Yep. And you notice this movie has a lot to do. This could have been a stage play too, which Pinter was uh, known oh, for. Oh yeah, this is, this is definitely this is definitely is uh, found that way, no question. Yeah, a two set, uh, well, a three set play. Mm-hmm. Their acts. bedroom, uh, yeah. the bar, and. Here. Okay, so this purify itself, that that's Calvinist. Yeah. Talking about fruit, it's time for coffee. What's a poof? Poof is, a, is another word for for fruit, for the F word for being gay. Poof. That's very. Well, you could have just said homosexual. Yeah. No, but remember who's writing this. Pinter. Oh. Yeah. They use that word in the servant, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I want to check something. The comfort. What? Oh, great. How do you like that that the uh, door the door was a painting? Yeah, that that's something. And there's more red. Yep. Why did they walk past their hotel? I don't know. So I got a cool. chubby. Good Lord. Yeah, for yeah. I missed that that whole thing about how the the nightgown looked like a dress on him. Right. And the fact that uh he seen how he looked in it and he got a heart on. 
I suspect I know what his secret might be. Uh, yes, I would agree. So, so Harold Pinto also did The Handmaid's Tale, the, the screenplay for the film. Uh, yeah, and who starred in that? Uh, Natasha Richardson, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Last Tycoon. Homecoming, of course. The Birthday Party. Uh, you're missing out on a very important line. Okay, sorry. What you missed out, he said, I wonder what it feels like. What? What it feels like to be the girl. Yep. And you're right, look, it's starting to get, the colors are starting to get. Lighter now. Well, darker. Darker blue yeah. from uh, bright red, bite this. Amen. Time just. Well, it means at the least he's uh, bisexual. Right. Oh, look at that. Oh, wow. I'd love to eat there. She is she is lovely. Oh, God, yeah. Mm. You think this would have done good in the art houses in the mid-90s once uh, Pulp Fiction and Clerks kicked the damn doors in? Yeah. And when it came out in the early 90s. Really 94 was the year when the when the game changed. Uh Ed Wood, Pulp Fiction, Clerks, uh wasn't that the year of Hoop Dreams too? Luke Dreams was was not was a little more into the nineties, I think. I can I can find that out real quick if you want. Well, no, no. But really, once those three things changed the game, the art film scene got a hell of a lot more interesting. 
go see movies like this without having to go to a video store that was trying to get the most titles or some grungy art house theater that sold coffee and croissants and tried to be too fancy for their own good. Yep. I remember those. When I went to one of those was the was when I saw Belladonna of Sadness a couple years ago. Yeah. Three, four years ago. Yeah, I mean, I do love the fact how everything changed then. You could see more interesting movies at the art houses than you could before. Right. Now, one thing I do have to admit here is the way that Schrader is handling the nudity is incredibly tasteful. It is not gratuitous at all. Could you live with a girl who would do that and would tie you to the bed and only use you for sex and then dole you out to her little friends whenever she felt like it? Are you kidding me? Of course I'd sign up for that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I'd be like, Carl, let's do a show. No. (laughs) I'm having to use me, that old tune by uh, Bill Withers, man. Now, do you understand why I call this a very kinky little film? And it's not going where you expect it, because by then, you would expect the kinky female role to be done by uh, Helen Helen Mirren. Mirren. And she hasn't done anything. No, not at all. Well, she didn't even get into the the film until like 40 minutes into it. Yeah. And it seems like it's only been 10 minutes. I think she just had a premonition like in, what was that movie from the 70s, Carl, about someone that got a premonition but didn't know how to read it and uh, da-da-da. Are you talking about the movie, The Premonition? No, it's the 70s film. It was about uh, a couple on vacation in Venice. Uh, oh, oh, I think so she had a don't, okay, look, now don't look now moment. Yeah, I think she had a don't look now moment. How do you like that really once we get into the film that Rupert Everett is playing the girl in the movie? Well, that's not surprising. I, I, I think in a lot of ways he was happy to do this. This is about the time that, that he was outed. I'm not sure if at this point he was outed or not by one of his co-stars. 
but I, I would think he, he'd be happy, just like Rock Hudson wanted to do seconds. Oh, I think it was right. your girl who did. Hey, look, yeah, right maybe. there. Nothing but. Yep. And don't you agree it has that dreamlike aura that uh, Schrader carried off in uh, Don't Look Now? Rogue, Rogue. You mean Nicholas Rogue, yeah. No, Don't Look Now was Schrader. No, well, Don't Rogue. Look Now was Nicholas yeah, Rogue. Rogue. Was Nicholas Rogue. Absolutely, Rogue. trust me. Gah, gah. Yeah, I said Rogue. No, you said Rogue, Jacques Rouge. You must be staring at the toilet. Yep. But, yeah, this is that uh, dreamlike version of Venice because everything just seems like it. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. Hey, even Brandon's got a cameo in this movie. Wow. Did you see him? No. Look at the book. Okay, well, I don't see the book yet. I mean, I see that she's reading, but that's all I'm seeing. Well, let's look at the title. I, well, again, I can't see the title. It said Kenneth Branagh on the cover. Oh, okay. Remember, he was supposed to be the next big boy after uh, Henry's... Uh, was it eighth or fifth? Fifth. Henry fifth. Yeah. There is an amazing poster for it, but I couldn't put it, but I couldn't use it on uh, the. Uh, ad because I knew that it was going on Facebook and it has uh, nudity on it. Whoops. Can't do it. Yeah. Ain't it funny? She liked him as a film, but she didn't like him as full film. Right. I want a macho man in a dress. Actually, I want that couch, that blood red couch. Yeah, that's a great couch. Even I have to admit that. This may be uh, Schrader's second most gorgeous film. What would you consider his, his most gorgeous? Mishima. Yeah, Mishima's something. I, I have to agree with you on that. And that's another film that nobody really watched uh, in America. Yeah, that's a shame. I, I I think that's a great film. That's literally a great film. And speaking of Mishima, guess what film uh, Criterion has up this month? I don't know. What? I'll just name the actors. Tom Conte, Kitano, uh, uh, Beat Kitano. Good Lord. 
David Bowie. Oh, oh, uh, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. Mr. Lawrence, yeah. Great film. Seriously great film. Yeah. That's another film that I think failed in the 80s because of how uh, gay it was. Well, I can tell you this, okay? That might be true in certain places, but in New York, that's a huge friggin' head. Yeah. When I say flopped, I'm talking across the board. I mean, yeah, uh, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, like this, got great reviews across the board. But then October uh, Films, the company that released this, lost their ass. See, they just, look, they're explaining here why he's wearing the same suit all through the film. Right. I like the fact there's no dun 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 music or stinger in this movie. No, no, that's one thing I've noticed. There's very little music. I mean, there's some. I think Rupert Everett's character in this movie is, okay, 90 seconds. If you're listening to this live, which I highly doubt it, uh, we're about to go into overtime. Yep. With 23 minutes left. You notice they always end up there one way or another. <laughs> Funny, I just listened to that song not too long ago. By the yeah, thing. like uh, in Lisa and the Devil where uh, Lisa uh, always ends up at that house. Right. Uh-oh, red boat. Red. Yep. Red always means something, you know. How do you like that? She disappeared into the black like that. Yeah. The cinematography to this is absolutely stunning. It's stunning. Schrader is another one where they never give him the love and respect he deserves as a director. No, no, he got, they don't. I mentioned that at the beginning. Uh, I think his work is absolutely stunning. Well, being his friend on Facebook, he is prone to shoot himself in the damn foot nowadays. Oh. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, his last two films before they came out 
Uh, he said that his distributors have told him to shut the fuck up about his fucking uh, uh, internet post until the movie is out. Right. Yeah, but it does leave the big question. Okay. It's obvious that Mirren and uh, Walken are the wolves. Yes, oh, no question. Well, who's the target? Well, I, I would say Rupert Everett, but that could be that could be wrong too. I've seen uh, blue films that start like this. Yeah. They say something to the point of, we're going to teach you what it's like to be a real man. (laughs) See? Right there. Yep. Yep. Saw it. Somebody pinched me. No sugar? Fuck you. (laughs) Damn Yankee bitch. There comes one of the things you're drooling over in this movie. Oh, my God. That's not a record player. What is that? Jukebox. Jukebox. Yeah. You know this one that what they're saying in Italian is not being uh translated. Translated. Okay, we're moving away from the subtle. Yep, we are. Now, there's the hell of Mirren that you know and love. That's a friggin' little way. Listen, that woman is now her 70s. And she's still, as they like to say, hot as balls. Yeah. All you need to do is go watch uh, the first Fast and the Furious, that Fast and the Furious movie where she's driving the car and look at the look on Vin Diesel's face as she's driving. Or the other one is is, is red uh, with um, Bruce Willis, where she comes into that white dress with an Uzi. And, of course, also her, her relationship with... Um, Ryan Cox. I knew Brian she loved Cox. me. Why? You know, when she shot me in the leg, how does that tell you that she loved you? Because if she didn't love me, I'd be dead. (laughs) I'd be dead, yeah. (laughs) See, look, everything in the background is starting to look unreal. 
Did you notice that Rupert Everett didn't give a shit when uh, he said that to him? All right. Exactly the end. We have another 15 minutes yet. <laughs> no, that's what she said. No, I know, I know. In this movie, if she whipped out a penis, I would not be shocked. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen it. Yeah. But, but Barry Denon who was Pontius Pilate and uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. The last shot is him completely nude with a, shall we say, a a sort of like grafted on chastity belt where his junk is supposed to be. And that's shocking as hell. That look. Yeah, that look. No. What's on the wall? I know. I know. I see. You see, we show horror films at this drive-in, but we are so kinky at the starlight, we like showing <laughs> horror films that wear a mask that let you don't let you know that they're horror films. Mm-hmm. Fantasy is reality in this world today. Yep. I keep hanging in there because it's the only way. (laughs) Now I tell you. Oh, see, you got it. I did. Isn't that the second book, Alice Through the Looking Glass? Yes, it is. Yep, that is the second book. There's Alice in Wonderland and Alice Through the Looking Glass. Now do you understand why I didn't tell you jack and shit? Yep. And didn't tell the audience who are listening shit? This is a movie you need to go in. As we put it, you need to go in blind. Because when your eyes are opened... You're not only like, holy shit, we're watching a horror film. And then you think about a little bit, they're like, holy shit, we're watching a Paul Schrader horror film. And then you wake up a little bit more and you're like, 
holy shit, we're watching a Harold Painter gay film. <laughs> and there's a Christopher Walken we all love and know and love. Absolutely. Yeah. And the reason this uh, popped in my mind, well, I can't say why this popped in my mind till after this scene. How do you like that? The names they use. Geraldine. Yeah, Roberto. That was a Spanish name. And oh, and see if you can guess what movie uh, this last scene is like. Looks familiar, don't it, from another movie you've seen, right? No, I'm not catching it yet. The guy that's talking just replaced him with Harvey Keitel. And think Schrader. Mm-hmm. Bad Lieutenant? No, Bad Timing, Essential Obsession. Bad Timing. Ah, got it, got it, got it. Remember I said Art Garfunkel. <laughs> No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Yeah. And look how she dressed right now. Right. Hell, isn't he? Yeah. Look how pale he is. I gotta admit, I don't really get this film in terms of watching it like this. I'm gonna have to, like, go back and watch it again and really pay attention. But it's. I was giving you hints how pale Rupert's body was, him cutting his throat, and. uh, him uh, repeating the same story about four times in the movie. Yep. They are. What movie came out last week? Uh, uh, Renfield. Right. 
They're not, no, no, no. You didn't see any drinking blood or anything like that. No. Right. See where you go. No, they were in the original novel. They were. He just decided to not show it. You know. Cause look how pale his body. That you know, your body is only that pale after it's been extinguished. Right. But do you agree with me that you need to come into this movie cold? That I would agree. But you also need to pay attention. And unfortunately, doing the commentary, I'm I'm not as, uh, you know, I'm focusing on some other things. Looking at it, though, I've got to admit, it's one of the most gorgeous films I've seen. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great, it's one of the best vampire movies. You notice that the best vampire movies in the 90s were really not vampire movies? Like, uh, yeah, The Addiction. God, that was said so good. And it really... Go ahead. I was just going to say, I I love Nacha, too. Nacha, I love, too. Yeah, that's the... Yeah. Who ki- who kills uh, uh, Peter Fonda's character in Nausea? Oh, I can't think of her name. What? Peter Fonda plays Dracula and... Oh, that's right. And Helsing at the first. So That's he right. kills himself. Just like the filmmaker. Okay, thank you for watching the movie. And now, since Carl gave me such a great opening, like one of our favorite movie, ghost movies that really isn't a ghost movie, folk horror that really isn't a folk horror, because most people consider folk horror Movies that happened in the English countryside died this week. Krauss and one of the best four films that you never got a chance to see on the big screen. Absolutely. And it wasn't until The Witch came out that, that basically it got re-noticed. And that would be Eyes of Fire. You want to talk and about a dreamlike the- horror film... Oh, my God. Yeah. And and, and uh, I can tell you that Robert Eggers has specifically said that Eyes of Fire was uh, a major influence on The Witch. No question. None. Yeah. Also directed two other films, which we will not mention, but this is the film you remember Avery Krause for. Well, he did two... Kitty films and Eyes of Fire. The reason Eyes of Fire is so unique is that he basically did it all himself. He financed it. He uh, wrote the script. He hired everybody. Da da da. He did everything, uh, including putting the little holes in the film. 
Yeah, seriously. That, and, and I saw that on HBO, and I was just blown away by that film. Yeah. Seriously. And and we talk about folklore. It is um, 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 American uh, uh, pre-revolutionary. So it's like early 1700s in the Americas, you know, 1750s in there. The French are a big part of it, too. So it might be French Indian War. I'm not sure exactly when that was. Yeah, French. French, French and Indian War because uh, in... Uh, the longer cut, which is Avery's director's cut, the two girls end up in a French monastery, and it's a French priest who's taking uh, the notes. Right. But yeah, he was, was one of. Go ahead. Okay, so it takes place in the year 1750 on the American frontier. Yeah. Okay, so so it's 1750, uh, and and it's a 1983 film, and it is just fantastic film. It's a 1983 so also, film that didn't come out in video to around 1990. Um, yeah, but to quote this guy, I know I didn't watch HBO or have cable until I moved back home in 1990. Right. We that's how long it took HBO. him to. Yeah, that's how yeah. long it took him to get a goddamn distributor for it, because, like I said, it's just so odd. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. it's hard to decide. Like uh, the Comfort of Strangers, it's hard to decide. Are you watching a Paul Schrader film, or are you watching a Harold Pinter film? The yeah. only time that a particular actor, who's better known as a voice actor, ever was on film as himself as an actor, and that's Rob Polson. Rob Polson is best known for the voice of Pinky and Pinky in the Brain, and also Yakko. Or Wacko, excuse me, Wacko in uh, the Animaniacs. Oh, and I've got some, yeah, I've got some bad news. Uh oh. Yes, there is going to be a sequel to Gremlins, produced by Joe Dante. And it's animated. I know. Yeah. Oh God, and the animation just looks uglier than. Sh- I haven't seen it yet, but but I, I will have. say this. I will say this with no, it's a Gremlins that's basically a ripoff of Kung Fu Panda. Oh God! Yeah. Oh well. It's one of those you're like, why? That's always been a Warner's masturbatory dream. Mm-hmm. To yes. turn gremlins into a kitty thing. But, yeah, I knew that you would probably like this. But how do you like that your girl 
played so innocent until basically the end of the movie. Well, you know, she's playing innocent, but she gives these looks, too. You know yeah. she's not innocent. Yeah. Uh, Just like you know that Rupert Everett isn't... Uh... Oh, and what was it back then? What did it mean if you wore your earring in your right ear? Yeah. Remember, that's what she said. She pulled his head off. She said, no, he wears it. His is on the right. Mm -hmm. There is just so much gayness, gay subject. Or is it just text? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Well, thank you for, for, for letting me be on this. First time I've ever seen this. I need to watch it again. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, oh, I've been wanting to see it again forever. I mean, yeah, even the title... Walking it, it, in a white suit. Just basically don't trust him at all anyway. Yeah. And how odd is it that he keeps repeating the same story? Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. And we start off the new thing with one of the most unique vampire films there is. That's what I liked yeah, about nineties is they got. But yeah, that's what I liked about the nineties is they were able to do. Well, they did Wolf. Uh, uh, Company of Wolves. Company. Well, that was the eighties, but yeah, that counts. Company Wolf. Company of Wolves. Uh, that one by Abel Ferrara. The Addiction. Yep. Doing vampire films that aren't vampire films. Right. It's like, uh, we're bringing in our organist, Carl, and then you just start going crazy with the drums. And people are like, what the (laughs) hell? Exactly. Well, I have been in drum circles before. Okay, never mind. Uh... But, yeah, and tonight starts the new season of My my True Hero as a reviewer. One, John Bloom, a.k.a. Joe Bob Briggs, uh, Last Drive-In. Oh, nice. And one of the episodes is going to have Bobcat Goldweight as a co-host, so... I suspect uh, Joe Bob's going to be doing Wolf Creek. Willow Creek, yeah. Yeah, Willow Creek. And good night. We'll see you Sunday when we do the drive-in show. And what's next on WKRL uh, domineering radio?
<laughs> you mean Deviant Legion. Uh, what I can tell you is we've got some things happening. Uh, give me a moment, and I will get there. Just a moment. Well, you got an episode uh, for Saturday and Sunday, and that's why I'm ripping up. Ripping up. Okay. So, so uh, actually, Saturday we have nothing. Tonight we will be doing a uh, uh, a show on Briscoe County Junior, and I'll be part of that with Adam Ferrant and the Catholic Great Mission. On Sunday, uh, we have uh, Lithium is my co-pilot. Rock This Town Radio, and he's going to be doing all 90s grunge. Um, so say that on the 26th, which is Wednesday, uh, Vicki will be with us doing the Enchanted Kaleidoscope with special guest uh, Lance Marshall, and Lance is coming back to us, and they're going to be talking about uh, um, Star, uh, Star Trek, and particularly Picard, Season 3. And so that's what we've got so far. And what's another thing that's uh, inter- another next week, well, it'll probably be another surprise because I'm enjoying doing this unique crap rather than the same old, same old. We did a, a wonderful uh, thing for 420, uh, movies that are much better if you watch them stoned. We did The Manitou, and you might want to check that out, too, because Rachel just, Rachel got absolutely blasted, and it's and it's hysterical. Okay, there you go. I'm done. To quote uh, a term for there, he said, uh, the Manitou may be a good monster movie, English, but it is not no stoner movie. You try to put the Manitou next to a field in England, The Trip, Mandy, and we'll be singing that song from fucking Sesame Street, my brother. One well, of these things is not like the other. <laughs> One of these things does not belong. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You watch the Manitou Stone, and then you tell me it's not a movie that's not made for being stoned, because it is so fucking weird. Seriously. Like I said, it ain't <laughs> no The Trip. The Trip has one of, yeah, The Trip and The Kind for the Strangers, this is our last thing, uh, has two of the scariest things ever. Rupert Everett and the girl, well, Rupert Everett and that girl trust Christopher Walken. And in the trip, Peter Fonda, Fonda, when he takes LSD, who's this trip guy who goes, trust me, I'll get you through this safely. Yeah. Yeah, another one you don't really trust. It's God knows yeah. I love Brewster. Yeah, All right, my friend. Good Thank night, so everybody. And you're welcome. I knew you'd like this. And I thought you'd seen it before, but okay. that's more surprising that's a- is finding something that is your will that you haven't seen. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Seriously, that's what uh, I did not know. 
I'm as surprised as you are. Seriously. Yeah. And good night. And never take kind and never take partake in the comfort of strangers because you never know what they're going to give you. Exactly. Good night. Good night.